Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. I'm going to talk to you for just a few minutes here about changing things. How many of you have something that needs to be changed. Or if you don't now, you know, there's going to be a time where things need to be changed. Or in your past, you can know and remember of things that needed to be changed in your life. And uh, so we're going to look at that tonight. It can't be an in-depth study. Uh, As you start looking at these things, you can dig into it. And, and, And so many Uh, points that I will make tonight, you could take that point and just go with it and make a message, but we don't have time for that, so we're going to hit it, and then if you want to take notes, you can look at it a little bit later and uh, study it for yourself. Now, we as individuals and uh, uh, collectively, uh, you know, as a group, uh, we we can have things in our life where there's chaos, There's things that are out of order. It can be, you know, in our homes. It can be in relationships. It can be on our job. I mean, I talk to a lot of people, and they just feel like they're, you know, persecuted on their jobs. People work against them on their jobs. And, you know, things need to be changed. Do you understand what I'm saying? And many times, and I guess for, for some time in my own life, before I really got into the Word of God and began to see my covenant and began to see the promises of God that He had for me, I thought that you just had to, you know, grit and bear it. I didn't, I didn't realize that there was a way for God's people to fight. Say fight. fight. Well, you say in church, that's not a good word. Well, if you're fighting people and, and, and doing things to harm people, no, that isn't good. But if you're fighting the works of darkness through your faith, that is good, that is positive, and that's what God wants you to do. But, but you see, you know, Grandma could have told you and, you know, loved ones that meant well, but they told you, this is just life. You have to put up with it, and that's the way it goes. Now, I'm not here to tell you tonight. You'd call me a liar if I did, but if I said to you, do things God way, His way, and everything will go right. Well, you'd know that's not true. But I'm telling you this, even though bad things happen, and things come into our life, He gives you a way to fight with your faith to change it and not have to stay in the middle of a mess. I don't like to be in the middle of a mess, do you? There's sometimes people, you know, uh, in, in relationships, you know, it could be friendships or family. It doesn't matter. But we can get in the middle of things, and because of their behavior and the consequences of the way they've acted or lived or what they've done, we're pulled into it even though we may not be the one. So what do you do? You can't make people do things, can you? But you can begin to work the principles in the kingdom of God and see things changed. You can change things. 
and you can allow the Holy Spirit to do things. See, now, I was telling you early, um, you know, you, you, in my own life, there, there's been a few things, and, you know, I want to see them changed. And I want them to be different. And I can say that on several different levels, not just one thing. And <clears throat> as I think about that, I think about how that, as I go, and those things are on my mind and in my heart, and I just, you know, roll it over in my mind. And then if I don't take a hold of the way that I'm thinking about it, it will wear me down, it will wear me out, it will get me to get into the mode of hopelessness and thinking this is just the way it is, it's always been that way, and it's not going to change. Well, see, that is not where God wants his people to live. Faith will move a mountain. Faith will move things. Faith will change situations in your life and my life. And see, we have, to, we have to understand that and we have to know it. Well, once we know it, then we have to believe it and then we have to act upon it. And I don't think that's a lot of revelation to anyone in the room tonight. Maybe to someone it is. But we can see total turnaround in situations in our life, we don't have to live in a hopeless situation. And you say, oh, well, I know that. Well, I'm not talking to you, okay? I'm talking to the other people. <laughs> because you've, you've got to take hold of God's Word if you want things to change and you want them to be different. I'm going to tell you, you're thinking... And I alluded to this a few minutes ago. The things you're thinking on, the way you're thinking about things means everything. The world sees there's no way and everything is negative. I'm not talking about positive thinking for positive thinking. I'm talking about the positive Word of God. That's what we think on. The Bible says that we are to be transformed. Have that turnaround. Get out of darkness into light, out of a mess, chaos, into order and answers and breakthroughs that God wants. You're to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? That means you think differently and you get in the Word of God and you see what God says. I thought things from the Bible for... I thought they were in the Bible for a lot of years of my life. I thought it was in the Bible because somebody told me. I heard it somewhere. And after I started reading it, my mind began to be transformed, and I saw that was not the truth. That was not what God said. It was either taken out of context or it was totally misquoted and misused. But you see, when I got in the Bible... The Bible got in me. And when I heard the word of a well-meaning Christian, I'm not putting down Christians, you know, that your Sunday school teachers and all of that, they, they mean well, but they can tell you things if it's not out of the Bible. That's why the Bible says, search the scriptures, for in them you think you find eternal life. 
Search them. You remember the Berean believers? They would search the scripture, and that's the way we need to be. You know, if Eddie or I or somebody who stands here to preach, if they say something, and it's, you know, you don't know. I mean, people say stuff, and it's, I, I told Eddie the other day, I said, you know, I, I, lo I love to hear people preach, but they have to show me, or I have to see it from the Bible, and I have to get in there and dissect and tear it apart and see that is really what it says. And maybe it's because of hearing things, tradition, you know, the traditions of man that has been passed down, you know, and that kind of thing. And it's, again, it's not mean people. It's well-meaning people, but they're saying incorrect things. We're saying it in an incorrect way. But you've got to get your mind renewed before you're going to be transformed. Do you know what transform means? I think about a butterfly. It's in one stage. It's not very pretty. And then it goes into another stage that where it's transformed and it's beautiful. And we can go from that first stage to another beautiful stage in God and be our lives be transformed. I love what the Phillips translation says about that scripture, about getting your mind renewed. And it says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. What is it talking about? The way you're thinking the way you're thinking. That's why I judge things. I judge things. When I see them on TV and I see somebody with, you know, dressed not modestly, doing things, saying things, it's like I judge that then. I'm not getting in that mold. I'm not saying that that's okay. Well, you're just an old fuddy-duddy. Well, I don't know. I don't think I'm an old fuddy-duddy. But if I am, I'll be God's fuddy-duddy. You know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter, does it? But we need to be transformed, and we don't need to jump in the mold of the world. I experienced that, you know, years ago. I've been preaching and speaking for a lot of years. And years ago, people would say things to me and would act toward me in, in certain ways, and they wanted me to be a nice little pastor's wife. Well, I wasn't a mean little pastor's wife, but I wasn't getting in the mold. That is not what I am. That is not who I am. And I'm not trying to be rebellious. I'm not doing anything outside of the Spirit of God, hopefully. But I'm not getting in the mold. Don't you get in a mold that somebody wants to have for you. You get in the mold of the Word of God. Let it shape you and mold your life. I'm not who I used to be. I, I run into people, and they went to high school with me. Boy, you're different. You're not the way you used to be. And thank God I'm not who I used to be. Let's sing about it. I'm not who I used to be. That's good news, isn't it? It is good news. But anyway, that's enough of that. Let's go somewhere else here. 
All right. <clears throat> we need to go to a state of reversal, have ad, uh, an advancement in our life and transformation that I've been talking about here. Your life, your family, your job, your relationships, circumstances can change and it can be transformed. It can go from a mess and the chaos that we talked about to order and seeing the things and circumstances change and things line out. Can you say amen? Now this transformation will change when we mix biblical faith with biblical prayer. Now why would I say that? Why would I say that? Because when people pray, they can believe all kinds of things, again, that are not true. If you want to know how to pray, this is how I learned how to pray. Now, I had some good teachers, you know, years ago, and they did teach me scripturally about prayer, and then I just started studying that, started looking into it. But if you go on somebody, you know, it's just like getting people filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, you just do this. Just get them down there in the front, yell in their ear, you know, hit them on the back, you know. That's not... Now, I'm not going to say that when you get in the spirit things, you know, you don't get stirred up and wound up, you know. <laughs> you do. You do. Some of you are looking at me like, what are you talking about? But you might do that. But you, you've got to pray biblically. Well, i got to feel it. Well, I want to tell you, there's lots of times I don't feel things and the Bible says it, and I will stand on it. I will believe it. I will pray it and I will see the results, even though I didn't feel a thing. I love feelings, and I love for the Spirit of God, you know, to manifest and show up, and, and thank God He does that. But if He doesn't, you still can pray biblical prayers and use biblical faith. Why do I say biblical faith? Because the faith many times that we hear about is not based on thus saith the Lord. You got to have faith. God kind of faith. And how are you going to know what kind of faith that God has unless you read his last will and testament of Jesus Christ when he left the earth and he said, okay, I've got a will for you. I've got the New Testament for you. And I'm going to place it right in your hands and I'm going to give it to you. I've read many stories about people who had a will and they didn't even know that they were in a will and they didn't even know that things had been left to them and all the time it was stored up somewhere awaiting for somebody to come and take the will that the person that had died left them. Jesus died was raised again from the dead. He lives forever. And when he left and went to heaven, ascended into heaven, he left his last will and testament. And if you want to have faith like God has faith, well, I want to have faith like sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so. Well, if they're followers of Jesus Christ and imitators of God, that's fine. But you know, if they're off and they don't know the scripture and that kind of thing, why would you pattern after that? You got to get the original pattern. You know, I've told you this many a time when I've been speaking 
And you know, when used to in the olden days, in middle school, it was junior high then, uh, we had home ec. Well, what's home ec? That's how they teach you things about the home that when they took out, it's detrimental to our kids that they, they don't continue doing things like, oh, we got too much other stuff to do. We got to fill your mind with indoctrination and sex education that's so contrary. And that's the mold of the world. Well, here she goes, that fuddy dud again. You got in, you know, you got to have the right pattern. But anyway, I'm in home ec, teaching us, you know, how to set a table, how to cook, things like that. The cooking didn't take there for a little while until I got married. And then when I got married, we were desperate. I had to learn. I have told you about the first big meal I cooked, right? Is my sister in here? Yeah, she's not. Well, anyway, because we were laughing about this the other day. But, okay, so being the good Southerner that I am, I wanted to fix fried chicken. My mother always fixed the best, crunchy, you know, little, you know, on the fried chicken and all that, you know. So I thought, well, I want to fix my fried chicken. I've never cooked. <laughs> she, even when I was home, she didn't want me to cook. She wanted to do the cooking. And then my other two sisters would help her in the kitchen, and I did house stuff because I put things in order, and she liked that. So she wanted me to do that. So anyway, Eddie and I got married, and so we're really excited. You know, we're in our home and hadn't been married long, you know, and so... Uh, I'm, I'm fixing the fried chicken, and I made potato salad and baked beans. Now, doesn't that sound like a good meal? Yeah, it, it was supposed to be real good. <laughs> okay, so Eddie says I only know one setting on that stove, high, okay? Now, I have learned I do cut it down, Ola, just a little bit, okay? But so I cooked that fried chicken, and I mean, it looked so pretty on the outside. It was all golden, you know, brown. It just looked just not like my mother's, but almost. And so I made the potato salad baked beans. I did fine on that because I called my mother and, you know, asked her how to do that. So she tells me how to do it. So, but anyway, so we sit down, you know, make our plates, and we're all excited. This is our big cooked meal that I did, and I'm so proud. And so we cut into that chicken, and it wasn't done because I had cooked it on high, and when it got brown, I thought it was done. <laughs> so we had squeaky fried chicken that we couldn't eat because who wants to eat chicken that's not done. You know you shouldn't do that anyway, you know. But we had potato salad and baked beans, and we were really excited, okay. So that's one off the beaten path story. But the really, the one that I started out in home ec, you know, we did learn how to cook a little bit, a little bit. But they at least acquaint you enough how to set the table and, you know, know what, how to do that because, you know, you won't, you won't know it unless somebody teaches you. So, but anyway, so we're going to sew, and uh, being the designer that I am, I went out 
I picked out the pattern. Now, you guys, are you getting bored? So I picked out my pattern, and it was... Uh, it, uh, some of the clothes today look a lot like that. That would have been probably in mid-60s or something like that. And so <clears throat> it was a drop waist, you know, kind of down to the hip thing, you know, one and, uh, and then the other part, you know, you attach to that for the length. And so we got that. And so I went to the cloth store and had the best time looking at cloth and I come out and I have stripes that are about this wide and they're multicolor. <laughs> I thought it was beautiful. And so, you know, we have to trace the pattern, get it all out, and then we sew it together and then we're supposed to wear it. <laughs> well, it didn't go that way, you know. It looked pretty funny, but that was my first stab at being a designer. I got better as I went along. I did do some things. I'm not going to tell those stories. But anyway, you have to have a pattern. The Word of God is our pattern. I was reading in Hebrews, been doing some Bible study there. And, and in Hebrews, it talks about the things that are in heaven. And it said, told the priests on the earth, make the things according to the pattern. And so there are patterns in the Bible. There, there are truths in the Bible. And we need to follow those truths. And we need to live by those truths. And again, we don't need to be squeezed into the mold of the world. Now, I'm going to tell you something, young people, and there's several young people, quite a few really, in the room tonight. It's for everybody, but especially you. You know, you live in a time where it's so hard to discern what's right, what's wrong, what's godly, what's ungodly, because things have just been muddled and mixed up so much. And I'm, I'm just going to exhort you and challenge you. Don't be placed in the mold that the world makes for you as a young person. There was one day that I had to stand up. I was young. You know, people look at you and they think you're the same... One day I was young, and it seems like not too long ago. But I had to make stands, and it wasn't popular. And people didn't like it, and they let me know they didn't like it. But you know what I did anyway? I made a stand. Now, I, I didn't, I wasn't, you know, I'm not one to just come and smack you in the face with it. I, I don't, you know, if you do that, you know, you and God figure that out. But I, I didn't do that. <clears throat> but I'm making a stand. And I'm going to be the woman of God that God has called me to be. In 1971 or two, might have been, it might have even been 70 though. But anyway, I went forward in a Billy Graham crusade. And what happened to me that night, now I'd already been saved, I came to the Lord, but it was a rededication. I never, never make light or feel like rededication is not important because that night something happened to me. Eddie and I both went down. And when I did, 
I cried out to God and I said, God, with all of my heart, I've been so in and out, so wishy-washy, so weak, so not a witness for you. And I'm coming to you tonight and I ask you, help me not to be that way, but help me be your child and help me be a witness for you. And I'm telling you, now everything didn't change just like the snapping of the finger, but I'm telling you, things began to change and God did a turnaround in my life. And that's why, you know, a few years after that, someone could say, wow, you've really changed. You're not the same. And I hope that they will say that until I go to heaven, don't you? Do you, you know, that I, that I keep walking with God and walking with God and walking with God until I become more and more like God. See, some people say, I'm walking with God, I'm walking with God. They get legalistic, they get hard-hearted, they get harsh. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the heart of God that can look at the, the woman caught in the very act of adultery and take her by the hand and say, Go, lift her up and say, go, and don't sin anymore. See, you can't say that today. Well, are you trying to put me down? You already put yourself down. The devil's got you down, if that's the way you live. But Jesus, and see, that's the kind, that's what I want to be like. I want the pattern, the mold, and all of that to be like Jesus, don't you? All right, so we need transformation. It will change us. And um, if we know that we can mix biblical faith and biblical prayers together, and things can change in our life. Now, I can tell you this. Discouragement will try to come and stop you from living for God, for experiencing the change in the things that need to happen in your life, the enemy is going to come. I want you to turn over here with me to Second Chronicles chapter 20. I'm so way over time, but I've just been wandering around on the path of God everywhere to and fro. <laughs> but I don't even care. All right. <clears throat> and... Second Chronicles in chapter number 20, if you think about discouragement coming, this is a great story, and I don't have time to read a lot of Scripture. But as you get down through here, um, you can see that um, this part of Scripture is where Jehoshaphat, who is the king of Judah, somebody comes to him one day and says, King, We've been invaded. Now that's a bad day. You need some change, don't you think? Things to change. But Je Jehoshaphat heard the news, and then what he did, he sought the Lord with reverential fear. We need reverential fear in the day that we live in. But he went before the Lord, and then he proclaimed a fast, and he said, it's for all of Judah. You have to fast. And so everybody went into the fast. The people gathered to pray, and they asked God for help. 
rehearsing God's abilities and the things that he had done in the past victories he had brought to him. They went before the Lord. And this was a great king now. I don't think he stayed quite as great as he was at that time, but God used him. And so uh, they released their faith. Uh, they began to say, in our affliction, you will hear and help. They weren't begging. They said, God, in our affliction, in this distress, in this mess, in this chaos, and where we've been invaded and the enemy is coming in, in the middle of that, we call on you and we know that you will hear. See, we have to be people of faith that know when we call, call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things. And that's exactly what he did to uh, King Jehoshaphat and prophets that were in that time that prophesied. It's, it's so wonderful. It's a great story. I hope you'll read it. Um, and then uh, they were told, don't be afraid and discouraged by this person that was prophesying. The battle is not yours, but it's the Lord. I'm going to tell you, you can have change in your life and I do this myself. I've got prophecies that were spoken over me. And I wore a good warfare through the prophecies. How many of you have had prophecies over your life? If you've been in the Spirit-filled walk, God has given prophecies to many of you. And the Bible says, take that prophecy when the enemy comes to invade to cause distress and everything else, you get out your prophecy that was spoken over you and you began to say it. You began to rehearse it. You began and God and his power will show up on the scene. Amen? All right. So they were told the battle is not yours, but it's the Lord. And they were told, now listen to this. Are you listening? Or have you tuned me out already? You didn't like my pattern story on my dress or you didn't like my fried chicken or whatever. I don't know. Come back. Come back. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so they were told. This is what they were told through the prophecy. Take your position. Now, if you want to see things changed, you are a soldier of God. You are a child of God, and you have to take your position, which requires for you faith in God and this word, prayer that is scripturally given to you, take it as yours, start thinking the right way and not on the lies of the devil. Take the prophecies that have been spoken over you and, oh, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. God really, he must have made a mistake. So and so when they gave me that. Look, when God gives you a prophecy, it's not a person. It's the Holy Spirit of God. So there's all those things and you, that is where you take your position. Amen? And they began to pray, praise, and give thanksgiving. How do you change things? Well, you, you, just, you just have to get really tough. You have to grab somebody by the shoulder, shake them real good, and you... 
We're not talking about what we can do. We're talking about what the Holy Spirit can do. They began to sing. They began to praise. And they began to give thanksgiving. And you know what happened? Do you know what happened? The enemies, the Edomites, Moabites, and whoever else was there, those people turned on each other instead of God's people. And the Bible says in the Amplified, they were self-slaughtered. They didn't touch God's people. See, God gives us these stories to encourage us. But I, what I love about that chapter in the Bible is re reading about Jehoshaphat, a king now that led these people in the right way. And he got before the Lord and he said, Lord, I don't know what to do. How many of you have been in situations in your life? Some of you are sitting here tonight and you do not know what to do. Now listen to what he said. Lord, I don't know what to do. I'll just be honest. I don't know what to do. But you know what? My eyes are glued to you. I'm watching you. I'm listening to you. I'm going to follow you. That's a word for you too. That's a word for you too. You don't know what to do, but you keep your eyes on Jesus and don't you look to the winds, and don't you look to everything that's going on around you. You look to the Lord. You keep your eyes on Him, and He can do what you cannot do. But it takes faith for that to happen. Amen? Amen. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you, and Lord, I'm trusting you in this situation with my husband, with my wife, with this mess I'm in, whatever it may be, and change can happen. And I've given you some really concrete ways. Now, you, you, you need to study a lot more. You need to find out a lot more. But I've given you enough to think about. Things can change. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.